Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin in The Marriage. With the conviction that marriage remains the most popular domestic arrangement between friendly people, NBC takes pleasure in presenting one of the most distinguished couples of the American theater, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, transcribed as Liz and Ben Marriott in The Love and Laughter of the Marriage. The other evening, I saw a newsreel on television from the Brooklyn Dodgers spring training camp. Don Newcomb was pitching straight into the camera, and the ball seemed to hurtle right at me, then break to one side. I ducked and spilled the ashtray. While collecting filter tips from the rug, the thought occurred to me that a great deal of life goes that way. Spring in the city, for example. You're just noticing that the dirty slush is gone, and suddenly the trees are green, the ice skating rink disappears from Rockefeller Center, and the voice of the good humor man is heard in the land. Or am life. Now, there's a fast-breaking curve. One day, wrapped in a baggy cocoon of blue jeans and oversized sweaters. And the next evening... Daddy, it's all ready. Huh? Daddy. What is it? Well... Dinner's ready. You got a date tonight? No, I'm not going anywhere. You're just going to sit and do your homework in silk taffeta? Oh, it's Orlon. You know, synthetic fiber. Do you like it, Daddy? Ah, it's an improvement on the original coal tar. I'll get the entree ready. Come right in now. Liz. Huh? What is all this? Is Bobby coming over after dinner? Then, darling, I think it's for you. For me? Uh-huh. Emily made dinner herself, and there's just the two of you. The pizza over at Charlie Harris's for supper. Well, how about you? Well, I'm meeting Peg downtown. You remember, I oh, told you. yeah. Say, she looked pretty, uh... She is only 15, isn't she, dear? Now, Ben, don't tease her. Who, me? You know, there was something familiar about her. Reminded me of you. Something subtle and delicate. My perfume. She used oh. the last of the bottle. Daddy! Go ahead, Ben. She's got the good linen tablecloth on. Oh, I feel embarrassed. I haven't even shaved. It's going to be candlelight. You'll get by. Oh, are you still here, Mommy? I have to go in a few minutes, dear. Oh, that's too bad. Isn't it? Here you are, Daddy. Two. Three. Four. I'll be right back. All these for me? Ben, haven't you ever heard of service plates? Four high? I'll have to sit in a telephone book. <laughs> Here you are, Daddy. Grapefruit. Oh, that looks nice. <coughs> oh, I should have mentioned it. I baked some. Wow. So I noticed. Which spoon? Outside in. Um, well, Mom, aren't you going to be late or something? Oh, I suppose I'd better get ready. Have a nice dinner, you two. Well. Well. Don't you like the grapefruit, Daddy? Oh, well, I was just waiting till it left the molten state. Well, Emily, this is very nice. Very nice. Do you really think so? I fixed the centerpiece myself. Oh, very central. The roses are made out of beets. I wish I'd known we were having a centerpiece. I'd have shaved. Oh, no, I like you this way, Daddy. You look sort of craggy. You know what I mean, like young Lincoln. Young Lincoln? Clutch chins are very attractive. Look at Montgomery Cleft. Oh, mine's sort of a cleft face. Oh, Daddy, stop it. <laughs> I mean it. You have a wonderful head. Uh-huh. I'm six feet easy between the antlers. <laughs> I'm serious. 
Sometimes I just sit and wonder what goes on inside your head. You know, dear, sometimes I look at you and get exactly the same feeling. Daddy, were you a close personal friend of Clarence Darrow? Darrow? No, no, I never met him. I once shook hands with Felix Frankfurt here at a law school dinner. I read a book about Clarence Darrow. I can just see him, Daddy, standing there in front of a jury, his great deep eyes sunk in thought, his brow furrowed. Sort of cleft? Really, Daddy. It must be wonderful to stand in front of a jury, an innocent woman's life in your hands, wondering how can I reach this jury? How can I touch their hearts? That's easy. Move to adjourn for lunch. A jury travels on its stomach. <laughs> Don't be cynical, Daddy. It's like a gladiator. Morituri K. Salutamus. You know, we who are about to die. I know. Emily, I'm afraid the law isn't always so, uh, well, vital. Half the time, you're just trying to get the case postponed. Daddy, justice delayed is justice denied. Yes, that's true. Where did you pick that one up? Clarence Darrow. I imagine even he finagled for a postponement occasionally. Hmm, I suppose so. In the fight for truth, no weapon is too demeaning. Well, I'm afraid truth's not always the immediate goal. Sometimes you just don't want to tangle with somebody who's got a better legal position. You need time. You develop a sudden case of laryngitis and turn the whole matter over to your partner. Naturally, he needs a few weeks to acquaint himself with the details of the case. Daddy, so... don't move. Huh? There with the candlelight flickering on your jawbone. Craggy. Like Abraham Lincoln. Or Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> I sat through the rest of dinner feeling like a stalagmite in Mammoth Cave with the candlelight gleaming in the cleft. By the time Emily cleared the last stack of service plates and lit my cigarette, I was beginning to enjoy it. The spell was broken when Pete arrived, took one look at the candles and wanted to know who'd blown the fuse. Liz got home about midnight and we had a last cup of coffee together. How was dinner, Ben? Never had so many plates in my life. Poor kid was still washing dishes at 10.30. She wouldn't let me help. Did you enjoy it? Oh, it was very flattering. <laughs> and we discussed Clarence Darrow, Brandeis, Cardozo, Oliver Wendell Holmes, and Humphrey Bogart. I didn't know Bogey was a member of the bar. I resemble him, I'm told. Oh, Ben, you don't. <laughs> Only in candlelight. Oh, maybe we could replace the electricity with kerosene lamps. The whole thing has me a little dizzy. I didn't know Emily was interested in the law. She isn't there. She's impressed with her father. Oh, do you think so? Well, why shouldn't she be? I am. Well, you want another cup of coffee? There's still some left. Ben, Ben, don't move. Huh? In the light of the stove burner, you look just like Buster Keaton. <laughs> Emily's interest in Clarence Darrow came to a head a few nights later when she came flying in with an indignant gleam in her eye. Daddy! Daddy, I've got to talk to Emily, you. Emily, hang your coat in the hall, dear. Just a minute, Mom. Daddy, you've just got to do something. Emily, I'm not being eccentric. It's raining out and you're dripping. Oh, am I? I'm sorry. Daddy, it's the most outrageous thing I ever heard of. Well, what is it? That poor old man was sitting there just freezing. What poor old man? I told him you'd take care of it. 
Take care of what? Emily, your father may need a new overcoat, but you can't just give his clothes away without asking him. Well, it isn't an overcoat. He had one with a fur collar. You will help him, won't you, Daddy? Just what kind of help does a man with a fur collar need? Legal help, of course. Emily, uh, I, I think we'd better go with this one from the beginning. Well, you know the candy store on the corner? I always buy magazines there. Well, Mr. Novak was so cold that I just had to ask him why, Daddy. His landlord is freezing him to death. Deliberately. Now, Emmy, are you sure that you've Daddy, got both sides? it was so cold you couldn't sit on the stools at the fountain. I tried, and I've got flannel-lined jeans on, so you can imagine. Emily, I, I can't get involved in something like this. Why not? You're a lawyer. Where else can he go for help? Emily, you didn't actually tell this man to go to your father's office. Oh, no. Oh, well, thank He's you for that. He's coming here. Here? Well, that's probably him now. I'll get it. Emily, you mustn't do things. Oh, what's Hello, the use? Mr. Novak, come right in. Hello, young lady. My father said he'd be glad to... Daddy, yeah. uh, this is Mr. Novak. Mr. <coughs> Novak, my father. How do you do, Mr. Novak? Uh, how do you do, Mr. Marriott? How do you do, Mrs.? How do you do, Mr. Novak? Well... Uh, I don't want to put you to no trouble. Oh, it's no trouble. Emily? Uh, my daughter tells me you've got some trouble with your landlord, Mr. Novak. Mm. Now... There isn't much I can do. No. Uh, uh, oh? Well, it's all right, mister. I, I go. It's a pleasure, missus. Well, wait, wait. Mr. Novak, I will, I'll be glad to hear what it's about. I, uh, perhaps I can offer some advice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, landlord. Lord of the land. I beg your pardon? In Europe, lord of the land. In this country, landlord. Same thing. Well... There is a slight difference. Same thing. Uh, just what is the trouble, Mr. Novak? Mm. Now, in my store is no heat. Look, look what I wear for work inside. Overcoat, scarf, leather jacket, button sweater, pool sweater, wool shirt. I don't mention what else underneath. Excuse me, Mrs. Uh, you mean there's no heat in your store? Freezing. How can I sell newspaper magazines with mittens? Man wants Wall Street Journal... Hands frozen, I give them women's wear daily. <laughs> this does not help reputation. No, I can see that. Uh, you think it's hurting your business? I ask you personal. Would you eat frozen halva? Hmm? Well, I never have. I... Did you notify the landlord? I plead with landlord. He says, Novak, get out. Out in the street. Hmm. He wants to evict you. Evict? Dispossess? Out. Look, Mr. Novak, have you got a receipt for the rent? I have called for rent. Oh, you mean you haven't paid the rent. For why? No heat, no rent. Mr. Novak, you can't withhold rent. You compromise your whole position. <laughs> but, Daddy, he has to give heat. Isn't there a law? Emily, quiet. Uh, you should report the lack of heat to the Board of Health. For why? Board of Health has furnace? Landlord has furnace. Mr. Novak, have you been served with an eviction notice from the court? Sure. I got paper. Can I see it? <coughs> Here. Mm-hmm. Now, look, Mr. Novak, if I were you, I'd pay the rent. Oh. Let me just see this. Chances are your landlord's represented by some lawyer who knows every sharp trick in the book. Mm-hmm. Even if you're right, they're the kind of... Oh. Well, what is it, then? Oh. Daddy, what's the matter? Mr. Novak, uh, I'm afraid I can't help you. I... I think the best thing you can do is just to pay your rent. But, Daddy, you're taking the landlord's side. Yes, I'm afraid I am. 
Emily, this eviction notice was served by our firm. Oh, Ben, really? I didn't know. I mean, Burns probably drew it. It may be in my basket tomorrow. What is? I don't understand. Mr. Novak, I'm afraid that I'm the lawyer for your landlord. What? Uh, Well, I'm sorry I bother you. I go... Mr. Novak. Uh, thank you, young lady. Anyhow, come in tomorrow. I give you Mademoiselle in the house. I'm awfully sorry, Mr. No, no, Novak. thank you. The advice is Mr. Marriott. Good night and good health, Miss. I'll go to the door with you, Mr. Novak. I didn't know. We handle so few real estate accounts. You couldn't help it, dear. I'm afraid Emily's going to take it hard. Bogart failed her. Daddy. Daddy. Look, Emily, I want you to realize something. I do. But... Isn't it wonderful? It isn't. What's wonderful? Well, if you're working for Mr. Novak's landlord, then you can explain the whole thing personally, and he'll give Mr. Novak heat. Emily, I don't know Mr. Novak's landlord personally. Besides, it's a corporation. You don't explain things to corporations. Even if they're wrong? Especially if they're wrong. Well, I know one thing, Daddy. It may be difficult, but if anyone can protect Mr. Novak, you can. Emily, I... You've got to be I more realistic. I understand, realist- Daddy. You can't tell me how you're going to do it. Legal ethics. It isn't legal Don't worry. I won't even ask. I'll just know. Excuse me, Oliver Wendell. Would you mind turning off the lights? That isn't so funny. When did you become disillusioned with me? Never. I was never illusioned in the first place. Just sat there like a pompous idiot and let Emily cast me in bronze. I think you make a handsome bust. Ha. Wish you'd get a look at the clay feet and get it over with. (laughs) Oh. What's the matter? The clay feet are cold. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, there isn't anything I can do. Novak's off base by 20 feet. It's cut and dried. She'll just have to understand, that's all. I wonder if Clarence Darrow had a 15-year-old daughter. Look, darling, there's no good getting unhappy about it. Emily will just have to come down from that cloud and realize that her father may have a craggy jaw, but that doesn't make him Humphrey Bogart. I know. The only trouble is I... I I, I like being Humphrey Bogart. Or just a little. I know. I was going to speak to you about shaving more often. The next day, the case of the 654 89th Street Corporation versus Novak turned up in my basket, and two days later, I appeared in court on behalf of the corporation. Justice in this city has a great deal in common with the rush hour on the subway. The courts are crowded because they were obsolete almost before the cornerstone was laid. The calendars are crowded because there aren't enough judges. The judges are harried because the calendars are crowded. The courtrooms themselves are too small, so you do half your business in the hall. I found my client, Joe Temple, the building agent, in a phone booth in the corridor. Hello, Mary. Um, Excuse me a minute. My wife... Sure. Go ahead. Uh, Listen, Beatrice. I know. I know you took Malcolm to the doctor's. Well, I can't. Look, honey, a test for an allergy is not a matter of life and death. So you hold his hand. You want me to be in contempt of court? All right, all right, all right. I'll I'll sit right here. Goodbye. 
Excuse me. The, the wife took my kid for an allergy test. She's, she's nervous. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't understand it. Every morning, the kid breaks out in bumps like a mattress. I, I keep telling him, eat your oatmeal. Be healthy. So what is he allergic to? Oatmeal. He'll just have to cut out oatmeal. Uh, that's just the beginning. He's having a whole series of scratch tests. Uh, listen, Mary, my wife is a very nervous woman. She wants me in contact by phone. We don't actually need you in the courtroom. Good, good. Did you know you could be allergic to a simple thing like oatmeal? Not even with sugar? Mr. Temple, I was wondering if you wouldn't consider settling this matter out of court. Why? Novak didn't pay the rent? Well, he claims he didn't get any heat. Sure, uh, after he didn't pay the rent. Well, I, I understand that, but he said Marriott, that you don't... whose lawyer are you? You know the corporation policy. Uh, my, my wife... Oh, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be Beatrice? Oh, uh, of course it's me. What? Wool? He's allergic to wool. Oh. We what? But it's Broadloom, wall to wall. Let him keep his bumps. All right, all right, all right. Of course I didn't. All right. Uh, Marriott, would you like to buy some wool carpet, wall to wall, slightly used? When the case was called, I left Temple on the phone getting the late scratches while I went into the courtroom. As I went down the aisle, I noticed someone who looked rather familiar in the front row, Emily. Sitting next to Mr. Novak and a little awed by the high ceiling, the bailiffs and his honor perched halfway up the wall. The complaint was read and the judge adjourned for ten minutes to straighten out the calendar. I reported to Mr. Temple in the hall. But Beatrice, but, but where in the house have we got goose feathers? Oh, oh, no, 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 not my overstuffed chair. I... All right, I'll sit on the radiator. How, how will it go? Somebody applauded when the clerk read Novak's name. What kind of an idiot did that? My daughter. Uh, <laughs> sorry. That's all right. Daddy? Oh, Daddy! Excuse me, Mr. Temple. Daddy, are you going to help Mr. Novak now? Help Novak? Marriott, what it's is... Nothing, Mr. Temple, nothing. Emily, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be in school? I'm excused. I just had to see how you'd handle it. Wish you hadn't. You better go back in now. Mr. Novak's saving my seat. I think you're wonderful, Daddy. Nice girl. What's she talking about? Oh, nothing. Uh, they'll be starting again. Maybe I'd better go in with you and... Well, you... What, what now? Be Beatrice? What? Pollen? Clover pollen? Beatrice, where in the streets of New York does... It blows over from Jersey. All right. We'll wrap Malcolm in cellophane till October. Uh, go ahead in, Marriott. She's hysterical. Mr. Novak was called to the bench and proceeded to hang himself with his first word. No heat, no rent. I could see Emily just behind the railing, her eyes wide and her hands clutched so tight that the knuckles showed white. She held her breath as I approached the bench for the final conference with Judge Harrison. After it was all over, I couldn't find her, so I went out into the hall to report to Mr. Temple. I have to give up smoking. Tobacco? Tobacco. You know, when I was a kid, nobody was allergic. We just had hives. You can't stop progress. Well, what happened, Marriott? I have to go out of town to look at a house. Did you know that Danbury, Connecticut has a 50% lower pollen count? No, no, I didn't. Hmm. Also, four hours a day commuting. Well, you see, I... Oh, will you excuse me just a minute? Emily? Emily? 
let me alone. I don't want to talk to you after what you did to Mr. Novak. Conspiring with that judge. It's despicable. But Emily, you don't understand let go the of me, fact. Daddy. Go back to your landlord. She was gone in the crowd before I could catch her. So I went back to Mr. Temple, who was calling Grand Central Station to find the next train to Danbury. I didn't see Emily till that night when she came into the living room. Mom, have you seen my ski mittens? Try your bureau drawer, dear. I'd use my leather gloves, but they're not warm enough. Hey, what's wrong with you? You look lumpy. I have several sweaters on. Where are you going? The walk-in freezer? The A&P? I'm going down to buy 17 magazines. Oh. I realize that it's unusual to dress for a candy store as if it were Annapurna. But in this case, the landlord has a very shrewd lawyer. Now, just a minute. Goodbye, Mom. Uh, Shall I bring your house beautiful? Come right back here. Come on, right now. Did you want something? Listen, young lady. Have you any idea what went on in that court? I know Mr. Novak didn't win. Nobody did. I moved for an adjournment on the grounds of severe illness in the family. Whose family? Mr. Temple's family. Malcolm's allergic to goose feathers. Huh? What's the difference? Clarence Darrow said justice delayed is justice denied. Look, Joan of Arc, if justice had been done, Mr. Novak would be out in the street, Vogue, House Beautiful and all. But that poor man, freezing. Your poor man is a worse bookkeeper. He just forgot about January's rent. That's why the heat got turned off. Well, you can start unwrapping that cocoon. As Mr. Bogart would say, the heat's on now. But How? I apologized to Novak for Temple and to Temple for Novak. Novak paid the rent. Temple turned on the heat. Oh, Daddy, I thought, well, you know, I should have trusted you. That's all right, Emily. Daddy, did you have this in mind all along? That is a trade secret which I'm barred from revealing by the canon of ethics. In other words, dear, no. Oh, Mom, you shouldn't be so cynical. Not about Daddy. Emily, Ben, both of you, huh? don't huh? move. In this light, you look just like Portia and Shylock. Ben and Liz Marriott will be back in just a moment. In the meantime, let us extend an invitation on behalf of our stars, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, as well as the National Broadcasting Company, to all of you to drop by next week at this time for another half-hour observation and transcription of The Marriage. Written this week by Howard Rodman and Ernest Canoy, with Denise Alexander Heard as Emily, Joe DeSantis as Mr. Novak, and Ted Osborne as Mr. Temple. The Marriage is an NBC Radio Network production directed by Edward King. This is Robert Denton speaking. Ben. Ben, are you eating crackers in bed? Mm. Ben, what is that? Frozen halva. Delicious. <laughs> Good night, Liz. <laughs> Good night, darling.
James Stewart stars in Six Shooter following the news on the NBC radio network.